Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. I hate that I need to record this intro. The last few days we've all gone back and forth with if we're going to release an episode this week. And I want to explain the place that we landed. So on Monday night, it was my third restless night in a row. Um, Everything that's been happening has had my anxiety and sadness just at an all-time high. This is the same with Brian and Scott and I imagine a ton of you. And it was around three in the morning when I saw a podcast episode had downloaded on my phone. And just listening to something else for a few minutes helped to slow the heart rate and calm myself enough to get the much-needed rest that I needed to face the next day and continue to be a good ally to my friends out there that are fighting for equality. We are going to put this out, but we are not going to promote it beyond a single, non-pinned post on our Facebook group. We do not wish to flood Instagram or Twitter with anything that's not the crucial conversation that's happening in real time around us. We are the first to admit that our show sometimes lacks diversity, being that we're three straight white men, but Horror Movie Night is a home for everybody, regardless of color, sexuality, or gender. Today's episode, which we recorded weeks ago, has a brief, very brief mentioning of the fact that this film contains a mammy character i debated going back and cutting that piece from the episode but weirdly i think it's important that we continue to have a reminder of the negative stereotypes that were common ground in the 50s and sadly still are in today just in new forms i hope that this episode brings you a smile and a laugh for a few minutes to your day but i do not want this episode to represent a return to normalcy we are sick of normal, and we need a new normal. After you listen to this episode, I recommend that you check out Matt Mania. It's a wrestling podcast from rapper Mega Ran, who's been on this show before, and we're going to be actually ending the episode with one of his songs, Black is Beautiful, which also features young RJ, Ear Hustle, which is a podcast that shines a light on the broken justice system, 
or even episodes of Brian's other podcast, Cool De La. It may be on a hiatus right now, but it frequently was shining a light on a lot of other issues that were happening in the world. We love you. We support you. We see you. And we are listening. Thank you so much for allowing us to entertain you. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. Uh, jumping into year six, we're going to take a dive in. We're going to go party <laughs> down at Party Beach because we're watching 1964's The Horror of Party Beach. Boom. Picked by this guy right here. My name is Matt. Whoa. You know, people would think that you are fucking high as hell. Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked this one just You've been so, wanting to for quite some time. So here's the story of Matt and the horror at Party Beach. Uh it was during a Kelly family vacation to Disney World mm-hmm. and we went to a little dine-in area that is Brian and I's favorite and the rest of the people that we know are just eh, about it called the Sci-Fi Drive-In Diner. And the way that this dining experience works is that you sit in fake cars from the 50s and 60s and they basically just serve you like milkshakes and fries and burgers and like typical like 50s drive-in diner food but the entire thing is set up where you're staring at a movie theater like you're at a drive-in and it just plays old 50s and 60s horror movie trailers over and over and over again just trailers Trailers are like weird little like news clips. Like it's basically like you're waiting for a movie in the fifties that never comes. Okay. Um, so so it's like the experience of the trailers, the 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 previews of the movie. They'll do some old cartoons that are like you know five to five to ten minutes long from like the fifties that are sci-fi. It's, you know they'll do like news stories of like hey this town's figured out how to create a flying saucer. Like it's just like weird <laughs> weird shit from the sixties. But the trailer for Horror at Party Beach came up. And I was like, you know what? I really want to see that. And while waiting for my milkshake, I got on my phone, went on Amazon.com and just bought the DVD so that it'd be waiting for me when I got home from Disney. And that was my first experience watching the movie. But when I watched it, I was like, this is so perfect for horror movie night. Like it's it's got all the things that we love. We've never really done like a a 50s, 60s sci-fi horror movie before. But I will say, before we dive into this, re-watching the movie, I do think that I lose some of the fun of the movie once we get off of the beach sequence and start going into the science lab a little oh, bit. Oh, I just fast-forwarded that shit, because <laughs> I don't care. Because I guess I just wanted this movie to never get away from that beach setting, because yeah. it's just so high energy and so fun during those like 30 minutes that it's there. 
but the movie's an hour and like 10 minutes so whatever yeah i didn't but, have to fast forward that much but I, I and i'm not even fast forwarding i'm just like skipping like 10 seconds at a time because i don't need to hear the procedural because i, I don't give a shit there's entertaining aspects of procedurals in these movies because they're so absurd but movie kicks off Right out the gate with some of the weirdest place exposition I've seen in a long time, where it's Hank and Tina. They show up at the beach, and Hank's just like, "Have you been drinking again?" And she's, <laughs> and she's just like, "I know what you've been doing with those experiments." <laughs> You're like, "Well, I know everything I need to know about both of these characters." I have a note that I wrote down. I wrote it down phonetically. So let me please explain to the listener who probably hasn't seen this movie yet how tina talks because she's a fucking lush <laughs> i know about your plans those experiments in your laboratory <laughs> i also was pointing at the screen when i was doing that. brian you've watched the old muppet show before right yeah i own it and scott you have you watched the muppet show before not since i was six okay so there's a reoccurring skit in the early muppets show called the ballroom and all it ever was, was it was a skit that would be about a minute to 90 seconds long. And it'd be all the characters dancing in a ballroom setting. And it would just cut to two characters and they'd get their real quick, like, joke, joke, set up, punchline, and then cut to the next character. That's every scene at this beach is just cutting to oh, random people. It's so great. Dude, oh my God. You ain't seen living till you've seen Tina Swimming, which is <laughs> quite possibly the best accidental alliteration i've ever fucking heard or not alliteration i think that's just like some sort of rhyme but yeah man i this this movie is just rules it's so fucking funny and like there's a band at the beach i don't know how typical that was i love i mean we could we could do a whole episode just about how good the songs are at the beach but, but I, they're really not you know like there's uh, one good song but the rest is just kind of goofy but this band was called the del airs i found that out when i was reading the credits uh because i was like i got i gotta know if this is a real band and so they really were i think that they were actually playing live yeah. when they were recording i mean they, they overdubbed it but i'm i'm pretty sure that that's actually like they were a beach band yeah each band member wrote a song for the movie oh my god like that was one of the things i read like like they had two or three songs that they had written before the movie and then when they got booked for the movie they were told that they needed like six songs or whatever so each one of the guitarists and bassists wrote a different song that they would perform in it but for the muppets thing i was talking about i was talking about more of the back and forth of scenes like oh johnny erwing erwing Eh, what's in a name? Or the one that that made me laugh because it's so bad. It's like, do you think that kissing, kissing is unhealthy? Makes you yeah. <laughs> do you think kissing is unhealthy? I wouldn't know. I've never. You've never kissed. I've never been sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, dude, you're missing one of the best ones. Is it the bathing beauty ass one? shot? No, oh, ass dude, shot. Hey, that reminds me. Did I bring my hot dog buns? <laughs> And the, and the um the girl that that says the what's in her name she this is, I did another phonetic uh, note of what she said and she goes Johnny I never let anyone kiss me like this before and then he's like and I don't I don't know what they're that's not my name <laughs> I, I, yeah but I can't tell if they're like I don't know how much of this is really shitty acting and how much of this is like people in on the joke and that's kind of where it succeeds so well no it works because like i think that the punchlines 
are definitely written to be jokes, but I think the delivery is anyone's guess. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what I love about it. Like, it's anyone's guess. Because this is like a movie where they show them dumping toxic waste into the <laughs> ocean, and this barrel hits the ground, and it's not until like an hour into the movie that they reveal why there's a skeleton in the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Wait, they explain that there was a skeleton in the bottom yeah, of the, the ocean? Yeah, the scientist is like, Oh, they're dropping the barrels right where that giant shipwreck happened a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I thought that was just implied, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's like it's like because I'm watching, I'm like, why is there a skeleton just chilling down there? <laughs> like, the, dude, I I gotta tell you, the um the time lapse of the skeleton turning into the monster really did it for me. It was so fucking cheesy, <laughs> but I absolutely loved it. Well, and I wrote down that like. The transformation somehow simultaneously takes forever, but also happens way too quickly. Like, <laughs> like that scene feels like it's padding out for like three minutes, but also the logic of that quickly with the toxic waste hitting the bottom of the ground that this monster is born and fully formed is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> And I love all, the things that uh, like really get us when we're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. It does, but it really doesn't. Like it'd be like in any other movie that we would watch, it'd be like, oh yeah, they've been dumping toxic waste in there for years, and then it's like, oh, that must have been how it happened. But in this one, it's like the second that toxic waste hits that skeleton, it's like, ah, I'm a monster. Now. Did you um count the dance sequences? Because I did. There's three, right? No, there are six. Jesus Christ. <laughs> in the whole movie. But okay, there are four. Um, and the fourth one is the zombie stomp. The which zombie has, stomp is the best song. Yeah, it is the best one. And it also has the most amazing authentic spring reverb on that guitar. It's so good. It's like, because I love spring reverb. It's one of my favorite effects. And the way that it works is, you know, like the actual traditional spring reverb, it would be, it would send the sound through an actual spring and then it would come out of the uh, and the sound would be the spring vibrating what is getting put through it and it's really really difficult for them to emulate that with pedals so um i i just don't have a really good spring reverb in 2020 and it is just so sad so that zombie stomp scene is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie the dancing is great too well that's what i mean it's it's like i wrote down like not only do i love this song but like i there's certain moments in a movie where you're like, I wish I could just live in this sequence because it's like it cuts to the dude and he's doing that scream at the start of the song. Yeah. And then it just immediately cuts to like this perfect like beach party dance sequence. And you're just like, God, this just looks great. Like It just looks <laughs> fun. The like, funny thing is that we're all so pasty white that if we were out dancing at the beach, we'd get so sunburned. So oh, oh, I look like a rock lobster. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wonder if he had that note or if that just came to him. No, that one just came to me. I can take you a picture. There's no rock lobster written on this sheet of paper. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they're they're just dancing. They're having a good time. And then Tina. Well, oh, no. Wait. I was so glad that Tina bit it so early. It was a surprise, <laughs> but she sucked so bad. I was like, good fucking riddance. I forgot to mention one thing. There's a fight at the beach in which someone gets utilized as a human battering ram. Oh, so good. Yeah. But also, how hot do you think those guys were if they were in leather jackets and like tur black turtlenecks at the fucking yeah. beach? And fully clothed. Yeah, fully clothed at the beach in general is like never a good time. Like I've gone, I've walked to the beach once in jeans and hated my experience. <laughs> 
because like I, I'm like I don't want to wear shorts all the time, but like sometimes the weather really commands that like shorts are the only option. Yeah, I hate wearing shorts, but because I have little pasty white legs. But um, yeah, shorts are, are a necessity sometimes. Uh, and I love that they put such a de- attention to detail that the monster, when it comes out, growls exactly like a man behind a mask. <laughs> like it's, it's just like. Man, I the monster looks so stupid. It's so <laughs> stupid, and I just can't handle the stupidity of the monster. But it's also so charming that I just I'm I'm here for it. I don't know. This movie has nothing that I should love, but is everything I love. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely like I said. I oh I no, think it doesn't have nothing that I should love. It's got like you know surf rock. Everything. So I mean, yeah, it's got everything that you should love. It's just I do like I said. I think that once we leave the beach setting. It's still a, a delight, but it definitely loses the like the as much fun because you oh, do get well, into you the, get the pillow the fight, and then <laughs> there are more monsters, and then oh my god, the girls who are driving out of town or something like that, and they're talking about because this is like days and days go by, and these monsters just killing coeds left and right. There's a news radio report that was like twenty women massacred. Yeah, I I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that scene. I I think it beats out the burning for most death counts in one in, in one scene they just like did a big old bear hug to like eight women at once it was great well and like the blood they used the same thing for blood in this they used for psycho which is chocolate syrup except that in psycho they didn't just rub the chocolate syrup on someone's yeah, really. body where you see no scars yeah that 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 said I am pretty impressed with the facial prosthetics they put on all the dead people. Yeah. Dude, when the one guy's eye gets ripped out, it's pretty gnarly for 64. Dude, I have <laughs> I have a line for that. But wait, so first of all, I have so many phonetically typed out notes about the way these women talk. When those three women are driving and they're talking, they're listening to the radio and they're talking about it. And the one goes, imagine being that thirsty because they're talking about how they have to drink blood Um, (laughs) and the other ones are like oh really angela or whatever but then my absolute favorite is when the the drunk ass guys find the greaser who gets his eye ripped out and he goes stan hey stan this guy ain't got no face here's a fun fact (laughs) about the uh the drunk guys one of those drunk guys is the only person in this movie to have a picture on imdb and it's it's a drawing it's a drawing uh but it's a picture nonetheless i do love that one of the drunks says something along the lines of there's a storm in my soul (laughs) and the other guy just goes "Uh (laughs) uh-huh we've ragged on some people about the acting in this movie but the worst the absolute pits as they say is the conversation between the lead scientist and his daughter about her feelings towards Hank. Oh, <laughs> She's just like, I'm just so sad that Tina's dead. <laughs> and he's like, or is it because now Hank's available? Oh, dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like... I mean, so I think they gave up on this movie at this point. And <laughs> it's not a great movie, right? Like for as far as us enjoying it, it's a great movie, but it's not a very good movie. But I will say the oh, first no. half for a bad cheesy movie is shot pretty well. There's some like really interesting shots for a movie that seems like it was made as a goof. 
And then the rest of this is just like, man, let's just wide shot the rest of the movie and call it a day. Yeah. When they get into the procedural <laughs> yeah. shit, it's just yeah. like, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. Well, and that's, a, so the director did not think that this was going to work. Like he was hired and they were like, look, here's what we want you to do. We want you to take the monster movies that are really popular right now and the beach movies that are really popular and smash them together. And he was like, never could work. So he like begrudgingly did the movie. But he said, like, he was shocked more than anybody that this was, like, such a smash at the drive-in when it came out. Oh, was it? Yeah, I guess it was. I guess it did well. The drive-in is the original Netflix and chill. So, like, what better <laughs> yeah, movie just trying to... to get a handy to than a movie that you don't care about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine taking a girl to see, like, Citizen Kane at the drive-in. You're not getting a handy <laughs> during Citizen Kane. <laughs> and if you do, it's a very sad, complicated Yeah, with a lot of newspaper yeah. overlays in front of it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the 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 estimated budget for the movie was fifty thousand, so it's not like but fifty thousand dollars in nineteen sixty four. They made six monster costumes, six, and they all look terrible. <laughs> I bet you Kyle gets so annoyed when people talk about movie budgets for like someone that is an independent filmmaker, and it was like this movie was made on a shoestring budget, a mere seventy thousand dollars. And he's like, I made mine for nine hundred. <laughs> so so here's the critical response to this movie. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 0% based <laughs> on five reviews. Upon release, it was declared by film critics as one of the worst films of all time, but in a book called Hollywood Surf and Beach Movies, The First Wave, called it by far the worst of the 60s beach movies. But Stephen, <laughs> Stephen King, who loved the movie, called it an abysmal little wet fart of a film. <laughs> <laughs> well, that guy's got away with words. He should write a book. <laughs> uh, it was listed in the Worst Movies of All Time book, uh, Leonard Moulton awarded it a bomb, which is his lowest rating, and called it the earliest anti-nuclear warning films, but stated that it failed to get any real message across. Uh, it also appeared in the 50 Worst Films of All Time book and the Son of the Golden Turkeys book and called it the worst beach movie ever made, despite giving it a negative review, though. Uh, cited the film as the catalyst for his fascination with bad movies and described horror at Party Beach as a truly good bad movie. I don't understand these people. They're like, don't kiss me. Wait, kiss me. <laughs> There's a Hi friends, the world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. 
If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. A modern movie that kind of went in a similar vein of combining horror and, and beach party movies. And I think that that was too in on the joke, and that movie doesn't work as well because of it. It's Psycho Beach Party. A blend of 50s psychodrama, 60s beach movie, and 70s slasher film. The result, Psycho Beach Party, a campy smoothie. It's starring Xander from Buffy. Oh my god, I watched that movie. I completely yeah. forgot I watched it. Yeah, it's not good. Is that it? Oh, from Can't Hardly Wait? Yeah. Yeah. She's the, she's the star of it. What? I forgot all about this. Yeah, dude. Lauren Ambrose. Yeah. it's what it's the uh, fuck? Amy yeah. Adams is in it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty like stacked cast, all things considered, but it's it's trying to be this movie mixed with a slasher movie, and it just doesn't work because it's so in on the joke. Where I think the the benefit is like horror at Party Beach is in the middle of the beach movie, like it's not being nostalgic for this time. It is riding a wave, mm-hmm. uh, pun intended. Oh, uh, like, so do you think that Psycho Beach Party, which, yeah, looking at looking at the IMDb of it, I I remember being super disappointed with it. Although it should probably make an appearance on the show eventually, but that would be maybe. not not this summer, maybe next that's, summer. That's that's like the amount of times that I've almost considered picking Punk Rock Holocaust just because it would give us an excuse to talk about Warp Tour for thirty minutes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so that movie came out in two thousand or. You know, Psycho Beach Party came out in 2000. Uh, was that thing you do like 98 or something like that? Something like that. So it was if it was right in any just, trend, it was that yeah. trend, the, mm-hmm. the 50s nostalgia. But yeah, like Horror Party Beach. And the problem also with this being a film of the 60s is there's some slightly dated things that may be worth mentioning, such as like the character that's essentially just a mammy that believes that everything is because of the voodoo. Yeah, like, that, that was pretty inappropriate like that doesn't age well but we would just kind of skip over that so we didn't have to touch on it (laughs) i wanted to at least mention the voodoo which is said multiple times throughout the movie that's what saved the girl because you see at the very end that that the voodoo doll it cut back to the voodoo doll on her um her nightstand and and that's 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 what saved her so a way to take that scene and make some good out of it i suggest everybody listening if you get some free time to listen to a new podcast, listen to You Must Remember This, the season on Song of the South. Because it doesn't really, oh it doesn't just focus on Song of the South. It focuses on a lot of the actors in it and other roles they were forced to play and other it, it's it's a not a super easy listen, but it's a very fascinating and very important listen at the same time. Part of what I love about You Must Remember This is the sh- a strategic decision to put out that episode right as Disney Plus launches. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hey, let's talk about the one movie that's not going to be on Disney Plus and the reason why and why you should always be a little iffy on the money that you put towards yeah. Disney because they're not so great. Says the guys that are obsessed with fucking Disney. Listen. Look, you can love things and know that it's bad for yeah. you. Brian smokes cigarettes for like a decade. Look, dude, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% am part of the problem. I have... I have driven to Disney many times and stopped at Chick-fil-A along the way, okay? Uh, I have another line from from Horror of Party Beach. Ever since Tina got killed, like, no action around here. (laughs) I mean, I... God, I'm glad that we finally got around to doing this because this has been... 
there's been this long debate and uh, you can hop over to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN to hear in real time this debate. Uh, but we've kind of been back and forth on like, oh, do we pull the trigger on like a 50s, 60s movie? Do we not? And it's it's definitely this back and forth because A, you know, we try to avoid like things that have been covered on Mystery Science Theater 3000. We failed this week because this has been covered on it, but I don't remember the episode at all. Um, but like, there's that element of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 really like that was their bread and butter was like the 50s movie. We've um, also done Octoman. That was on Mystery Science Theater. That's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's few and far between, but a lot of the time we're like, eh, do we? Um, but then the other thing is like, Hey, could we even like be funny about these movies? Cause I know like I've, well, I won't give away anything that I've almost picked. That's for the Patreon payers. Uh, <laughs> but there's like two or three that I've like considered multiple times. Uh, so check out the Patreon page and you'll hear us kind of go through some of the movies that we've considered or, or almost picked in the past to be our first like 50s, 60s, black and white sci-fi horror. But unless anyone has anything else to say, let's talk about some double features. All right. I'm going to go with a double feature that I was actually talking to Scott about literally yesterday. But after watching this movie, well, technically for me, before I watched this movie, I watched Matinee, but it would have been the perfect movie to watch after this movie as well. Um, Brian, have you ever seen Matinee? No, but I saw your Instagram post on it. It's probably the least talked about Joe Dante film, which is like a real tragedy because I think it's his best movie from like a story writing standpoint. Um, but it's literally about a kid who lives on a military base during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And the whole focus of the movie is that a William Castle-like character played by John Goodman is coming to his town for a one-night-only screening of a movie called Mant about how radiation turns someone into a giant ant. And it's all about them trying to go see that movie. But he becomes friends with the with John Goodman. And John Goodman is like walking him around and showing him like, oh yeah, here's where we're putting these lasers so that when this happens, they'll get a shock. And it's like all these references to like the Tingler and all of like the big showmanship stuff that William Castle would do. And it's just, there's moments in that movie where you're just for a split second, you're reminded of like the magic of making movies and the magic of going to the movies. And like, it's a very well done heartwarming, but funny, like 50s, 60s horror tribute. And I think that like horror at beach party and Mant are a perfect double feature. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to go with matinee. Nice. So I'm going to be honest. I had a lot of fun watching this movie and I want to watch more movies like this. But I don't think that I could do two of these movies back to back. So what I would probably do in keeping in the same vein is I would watch this and then follow it up with Ed Wood. Perfect. That's a pretty good double feature. Well, anytime you're watching Ed Wood is a good time. Yeah. yeah. The obvious answer is Humanoids from the Deep. Mm. But um, I'm going to go with – because cause that was what I wrote down yesterday. Uh, and then uh, – because I finished watching this and then Matt um, – was messaging me about matinee which matinee always makes me think of a great movie that um matt just needs to fucking pick popcorn from 1991 uh and so i would i would start with um start with horror at party beach and then i would watch uh popcorn Popcorn is pretty solid uh all right so the what did we watch this week segment uh i gotta tell you guys that megan and i watched she's out of your league i like that movie. movie 
Yeah, me too. Uh, where we had a good time watching it. Both of us enjoyed it. I really was not feeling the part where he jizz in his own pants. Um, but you know, aside from that, it was it was, it was pretty easy watch. Good time. Um, I miss when Jay Baruchel had a career. I don't know what he's doing now, but I hope he's happy. Uh, I think he left on his own will. Like Hollywood. Yeah, like I I know that it was like a joke. In uh, this is the end, but I think that there's some weight to it as well. Netflix had a bunch of shit pop up recently. Thank you. Helping the quarantine be a little bit easier. And one of them was that they put Community mm. on Netflix. And I had never watched the last season of Community because it was on like some weird Yahoo streaming that I had zero desire to pay money to watch. But season six is a fantastic final episode to Community. And if you're really just looking for something that's going to make you laugh and keep you uh, feeling upbeat and positive during a trying time, my friends and I got into having a conference call together to watch season four of Nailed It. Uh, and that show was absolutely delightful. And it was great to like just chat with friends while watching people just struggle through <laughs> through an impossible baking task. I watched season three of Ozark. And if you like Ozark, you'll love season three. If you don't like Ozark, you're not going to like season three. Regardless, man, Jason Bateman is just really blows me away as an actor for for what he started off as to what he what he has grown into is is absolutely in, insane. He's so fucking talented. And it still blows me away from the guy that, you know. Now, I'm sure he's done a lot of stuff in between, but it was just like, you know, I knew him obviously from uh, Team Wolf 2. Yeah, no. (laughs) From Arrest Development, (laughs) and then like he would pop up in like The Breakup and a bunch of comedy movies. And to see him do the serious roles, it still is like mind boggling to me how good he is at it. I, I really, really love, love him. And that's it. All right. I, I like, I like Jason Bateman a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was Horror of Party Beats from 1964, as picked by this guy. Uh, next week, we're going to be watching something that Brian picked, um, which has been on my list for a hot minute. Uh, but, but he got there first, and I cannot wait to watch another movie with a weird rubber suit monster yeah. <laughs> uh, that's considered one of the worst of all time so let's dive into this one too uh as i said at the middle of the show i guess uh listen to our 50s and 60s potential picks discussion uh over at patreon.com backslash hmm podcast and in the meantime go and check out all of our social media it's in the description of this episode and we'll be back next week with another horror movie night <laughs> When we were young, understanding our place and where we fit in. Black men in the country of hates and stuff again. My mama told me my last name fake was something given. Black parents torn from black children. No mistake, it's the same world we still live in. Wanna fake smiles, make America great, debate, dominate all the airways. Meanwhile, my people still struggling. Psychological pain remain past the other men. Women, even children within the womb's crucible. Black skin, black hair, our flair undisputable. I love my blackness down in my cuticles. My woman not the usual, black is beautiful Black is beautiful Black as the race, fist and John Carlos or Tommy Smith Black as underground railroads without a train You know what I'm saying? Sing it out loud without delay. Man, I've heard this before 
America's a constant state of rage. We just trying to elevate like cellular data rates. Black like magic, the combo of all colors. Even when they don't want us, remember God. Man, out of earth is people. Dust can on something more inside. Here's our history. I'm just here to thank you, black is beautiful. So let it be done. There's royalty in your tone. Let it shine like your legacy. I'm just here to tell you black is beautiful. I'm just here to tell you black is beautiful. So let it be known. There's royalty in your tone. Let it shine like your legacy. Your legacy. Giving up to them that blackness, that black power, that Hi friends, the world got you down, don't be sad, listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 